Chapter Twenty Eight of The King of Elfland's Daughter by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Eight: A Chapter on Unicorn Hunting. None in Earl was so busy but that he came that morning to see the magic that was newly come out of Elfland and to compare the trolls with all that the neighbors said of them and the folk of earl gazed much at the trolls and the trolls at the folk of earl and there was great merriment for as often happens with minds of unequal weight each laughed at the other and the villagers found the impudent ways of the bare brown nimble trolls no funnier no more meat for derision than the trolls found the grave high hats the curious clothes and the solemn air of the villagers and Orion soon came, too, and the folk of the village doffed their long, thin hats, and though the trolls would have laughed at him also, Luralu had found his whip, and by means of it made the mob of his impudent brethren give that salutation that is given in Elfland to those of its royal line. When noonday came, which was the hour of dinner, and the folk turned from their kennels, they went back to their houses, all praising the magic that was come at last to Earl. During the days that followed, Orion's hounds learned that it was vain to chase a troll, and unwise to snarl at one, for, apart from their elvish speed, the trolls were able to leap into the air far over the heads of the hounds, and when each had been given a whip, they could repay snarling with an aim that none on earth was able to equal, except those whose sires had carried a whip with hounds for generations and one morning orion came to the pigeon loft and called to luralu early and he brought out the trolls and they went to the kennels and orion opened the doors and he led them all away eastwards over the downs the hounds moved all together and the trolls with their whips ran beside them like a flock of sheep surrounded by numbers of collies they were away to the border of elfland to wait for the unicorns where they come through the twilight to eat the earthly grasses at evening. And as our evening began to mellow the fields we know, they were come to the opal border that shut those fields from Elfland. And there they lurked as earth's darkness grew, and waited for the great unicorns. Each hound had its troll beside it, with the troll's right hand along its shoulder or neck, soothing it, calming it, holding it still, while the left hand held the whip. The strange group lingered there motionless and darkened there with the evening. And when earth was as dim and quiet as the unicorns desired, the great creatures came softly through and were far into earth before any troll would allow his hound to move. Thus, when Orion gave the signal, they easily cut one off from its elven home and hunted it, snorting over those fields that are the portion of men. And night came down on the proud beast's magical gallop, and the hounds intoxicate with that marvelous scent, and the leaping, soaring trolls. And when jackdaws on the highest towers of Earl saw the rim of the sun all red above frosted fields, Orion came back from the downs with his hounds and his trolls, carrying as fine a head as a unicorn hunter could wish. The hounds, weary but glad, were soon curled up in their kennels, and Orion in his bed, while the trolls in their pigeon-loft began to feel, as none but Luralu had felt ever before, the weight and the weariness of the passing of time. 
all day orion slept and all his hands none of them caring how it slept or why while the trolls slept anxiously falling asleep as fast as ever they could in the hope of escaping some of the fury of time which they feared had begun to attack them and that evening while still they slept hounds trolls and orion there met again in the forge of gnarl the parliament of earl from the forge to the inner room came the twelve old men rubbing their hands and smiling ruddy with health and the keen north wind and the cheerfulness of their forebodings for they were well content at last that their lord was surely magic and foresaw great doings in earl folklings said gnarl to them all naming them thus after an ancient want is it not well with us and our valley at last see how it is as we planned so long ago for our lord is a magic lord as we all desired and magical things have sought him from over there and they all obey his hests it is so said all but gazik a vendor of beeves little and old and out of the way was earl secluded in its deep valley unnoticed in history and the twelve men loved the place and would have it famous and now they rejoiced as they heard the words of gnarl what other village he said has traffic with over there and gazik though he rejoiced with the rest rose up in a pause of their gladness many strange things he said have entered our village coming from over there and it may be that human folk are best and the ways of the fields we know oth scorned him and threll magic is best said all and Gazik was silent again, and raised his voice no more against the many, and the mead went round, and all spoke of the fame of Earl, and Gazik forgot his mood and the fear that was in it. Far into the night they rejoiced, quaffing the mead, and by its homely aid gazing into the years of the future, so far as that may be done by the eyes of men yet all their rejoicing was hushed and their voices low lest the ears of the friar should hear them for their gladness came to them from lands that lay beyond thought of salvation and they had set their trust in magic against which as well they knew boomed every note that rang from the bell of the friar whenever it tolled at evening and they parted late praising magic in no loud tones and went secretly back to their houses for they feared the curse that the friar had called down upon unicorns and knew not if their own names might become involved in one of the curses called upon magical things all the next day orion rested his hounds and the trolls and the people of earl gazed at each other but on the day that followed orion took his sword and gathered his band of trolls and his pack of hounds and all were away once more far over the downs to come again to the border of nebulous opal and to lurk for the unicorns coming through in the evening they came to a part of the border far from the spot which they had disturbed only three evenings before and orion was guided by the chattering trolls for well they knew the haunts of the lonely unicorns and earth's evening came huge and hushed till all was dim as the twilight and never a footfall did they hear of the unicorns never a glimpse of their whiteness 
and yet the trolls had guided orion well for just as he would have despaired of a hunt that night just when the evening seemed wholly and utterly empty a unicorn stood on the earthward edge of the twilight where nothing had stood only a moment before soon he moved slowly across the terrestrial grasses a few yards forward into the fields of men another followed moving a few yards also and then they stood for fifteen of our earthly minutes moving nothing at all except their ears and all that while the trolls hushed every hound motionless under a hedge of the fields we know darkness had all but hidden them when at last the unicorns moved and as soon as the largest was far enough from the frontier the trolls let loose every hound and ran with them after the unicorn with shrill yells of derision all sure of his haughty head but the quick small minds of the trolls though they had learned much of earth had not yet understood the irregularity of the moon darkness was new to them and they soon lost hounds orion in his eagerness to hunt had made no choice of a suitable night there was no moon at all and would be none till near morning soon he also fell behind orion easily collected the trolls the night was full of their frivolous noises and the trolls came to his horn but not a hound would leave that pungent magical scent for any horn of man they straggled back next day tired having lost their unicorn and while each troll cleaned and fed his hound on the evening after the hunt and laid a little bunch of straw for it on which to lie down and smoothed its hair and looked for thorns in its feet and unraveled burrs from its ears luralu sat alone fastening his small sharp intelligence like the little white light of a burning glass for hours upon one question the question that luralu pondered far into the night was how to hunt unicorns with dogs in the darkness and by midnight a plan was clear in his elvish mind end of chapter twenty eight a chapter on unicorn hunting